Hi, Taisei. Hi, Alex. How is your afternoon? It's pleasant. Although it's less pleasant, given it's daylight savings time, you know? Less I was just about hour. to mention that it feels like 2.11, despite the fact it's 3.11. Yeah. Terrible. You know, last night, I actually uh, made the mistake of taking an accidental nap from 8.30 to 10 p.m. Oh. And that was probably the worst day of the year to do such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about it. Is it, though? Is it, though? Because, you know, you lose an hour of sleep, and so you take that nap to catch up. That's how I see it. Now, granted, you lose a lot of daytime. Yeah. But, you know, sleep-wise. And I was tired. How do you feel now? You feel rested? I do feel rested, and I'm I'm fearful that I will struggle to fall asleep on time tonight. Okay. But, you know, in, in the case of staying awake, being restful, mission accomplished, I would say. For now. Yeah. But, you know, you got to have foresight over astonishment, as they say. I've never heard that before. You never heard foresight over astonishment? No. I barely even know what the what, what that's supposed to even mean. It means you should try to be able to see what's going to happen instead of, you know, being surprised. Yeah. So what should I foresee? So I what I should have foreseen yeah. was if I take a nap accidentally, yeah. then I maybe I'll still sleep okay tonight and feel rested tomorrow, but what about the night after? Maybe I'll have a terrible time falling asleep and I'm going to be super tired the day after. Sure feels like you're projecting too many days in advance, you know? <laughs> <laughs> What about the next day, mate? It looks like you're in good shape. So, <laughs> no, but like, it's always been the case for me with sleep. Is like, I could like, if I don't get a lot of sleep one night, yeah, the ne- very next day I'll still be okay. It's okay. the day after where it'll hit me hard. Really? Yeah. Well then, and if you get too much sleep, the same deal. I yeah, I don't think it's possible to get too much sleep. Exactly. So what are what are you worried about? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, okay, I see because. Well, it's it's like one thing for like, oh, I slept a lot a particular night or I took a nap in the day and my sleep schedule was thrown off and now I can't sleep tonight. But you just said you went to sleep at 8 to 10, no? And then I woke up after my nap. Yeah. And then I stayed awake for another like four hours. All right. Then went to bed and yeah. woke up at like, you know, 11 of this new time, which felt like 10. Yeah. And now I feel good. Yeah. So I don't know if it stays that way. All right. Well, update us next week on how, how you're... Sunday night sleep goes. <laughs> I probably won't. You probably won't. I probably won't remember. But maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll tire myself out. I'll like take a run or something. Sure. See how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish you the best. Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. You know who needed those wishes? Auto <laughs> senators. <laughs> they could have used some well some well wishes this week. Yeah, for real. Uh, and yeah, uh, if you if we take what you said prior to uh, watching them. You know, foresight over astonishment. Exactly. You had the foresight. And you had the, the astonishment. <laughs> the fucking astonishment. <laughs> so better you than me. Yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so you want to take us through it? Yeah, sure. So you might remember last week we talked about the Sens. You know, they're, all, they're on a bit of a, a hot streak here. They're flirting with a wild card spot. Is it going to happen? Taisei said, you know, it could happen. And I said 0% chance. <laughs> not a shot in hell. The Ottawa Senators are not making the playoffs this year. And this week served as evidence for my case. Rather than yours. Because I was generous going into this week in that I said, you know, this is the easy period for Ottawa. They're, they've got some bad teams coming up, including Chicago and Vancouver. And a very, you know, beatable opponent in Seattle, who they actually was the one team they did beat this week. And I said, you know, after, that, after this, it's going to get much tougher. So if they don't steamroll the easy stuff in this coming period, they won't have much of a shot later on. Uh, and they couldn't meet that bar. Uh, it was a 5 nothing loss to Chicago to 
3.9 for Anders Bjork, Chicago Blackhawks. And then uh, 5-4 win over Seattle, the one playoff team they faced this week. And last night, it was a 5-2 loss to the lowly Vancouver Canucks. And things are not looking so hopeful in the short term for Les Senateurs. No. Had to too. Uh, yeah, it's brutal. And how do you lose to two tanking teams post-trade deadline? I'll so tell you. It's embarrassment. Yeah. Because Ottawa's not even a good team to begin with. Yeah, that's probably it, isn't it? Bad teams sometimes lose to other bad teams. Yep. Yeah, I actually I might have brought up my, my uncle at some points, who's a big Ottawa Senators fan, and I actually uh, saw him yesterday and spoke to him. And he is notoriously optimistic, <laughs> eternally optimistic about the Ottawa Senators. No matter what, all the terrible seasons they've had for the past 10 years, I've never... Heard him complain about the sense. All things are great, prospect pool awesome. The unprecedented run of success is coming up any day now, and I and he hasn't he hasn't broken the character yet, all right. which leads me to believe it's not a character at all, <laughs> <laughs> and that he really believes. And he was talking about the sense. It was like, yeah, he was like, well, yesterday he said, you know, Islanders are in the wild card spot. Yeah, they're six points up on Ottawa, but Ottawa's got three games in hand, so you know they'll win those three games. <laughs> and, and I think, uh, well, Ottawa, of course, lost last night. I'm not sure if the Islanders played. Uh, but anyway, um, that no longer holds true. And even despite that, he holds forward that optimism for next year with that age-old argument of Ottawa, after like two months into the season, were like near the bottom of the league. And since then, they've been incredible. You know, they've clawed their way back in. And this is obviously something, you know, we heard with Vancouver last year, for example. And mm-hmm. you bought into it, I remember, I very fondly. Yeah. Oh, later part of the year, fondly. they were very good. <laughs> they were very good. So maybe this year, it never happens. It never happens because you can't discount the portion of a, of a season when a team was bad. It's part of the team. Okay. But you know what? Catch me buying the Ottawa Senators at the beginning of next year. Like, like an absolute fool. I'm not doing it. All right. Not a chance. All right. That's to your detriment. Uh, what what are you willing to wager? Nothing. Me I have neither. no faith in this fucking I would, guess. See, if I I would be very confident saying the Ottawa Senators next year will still not make the playoffs. Okay, very confident. Eh? Um, I would put down $20. Really? Yeah. I won't that they will. I won't put down $20 well, betting that they will make the playoffs. There you have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well then, let's go through the games. Sure. These, these miserable fucking games. Um, where, yeah, not only did they not steamroll, they got steamrolled. It was terrible. Terribly embarrassing. Um, start with Chicago. Let's see. Uh, you know, Jujara Kyra started off with a shorthanded breakaway. Didn't end up in a goal. But, like, you know, it was like a lazy-ass power play zone entry. Kind of a sign of things to come in a major way. In fact, we just kept seeing the same tape over and over. Um, you know, they generated some nice chances. Well, Drew looked good. Hit a couple posts this week. Hit his first one here. He was the second star of the week in the NHL. Really? Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, Claude Giroux. Huh, interesting. In a week where... This week or last week? I think it was... I don't know. Does it make sense? For I, just, I get... saw the headline like yesterday, oh, okay. though. All right. I don't know. Where, where, where's the cutoff? Do they go Monday to Monday or... What's I have the no deal idea. on these stars? I never... No one cares about yeah. the stars of the week. <laughs> Is there <laughs> like a though. contract bonus or something? Or? Uh, who, the f- why, who the fuck would, in the right mind, would insert that as their contract bonus? <laughs> if I am uh, one of the top three stars of the week, I get an extra... Thousand bucks. There we go. I'll be sure to keep that in mind if I ever become an NHL player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Um, yeah. Uh, Blackhawks score the first goal off a little, little uh, counterattack. Philip Kurashev, um, after, let's see, what was it? Travis Hamanick completely whiffs on a pinch 
and then gets turned like turnstiled by said Philip Kurashev. Embarrassing. Bad week for Travis Hamannick. Bad year for Travis Hamannick. Bad not a, career. <laughs> not a good point in his career. He's not good anymore. Him and like Nick Holden. Oh boy, still on this defense. Not a good look. And even Jake Sanderson on that play. He was yeah. like, having a pretty good rookie year. You know, poised and all that. But uh, was kind of sliding helplessly. So this was not a good game for him either. Yeah, he got fucking toe-dragged by Philip Kurashev. Yeah. Not a good look. Yeah. Kurashev is probably the best forward on the Chicago Blackhawks. Yikes. That's... that's uh. Should not be losing to this team 5 nothing. Off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, because they traded Max Domi, right? He was number one. Yeah, and Taves is injured, so. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Well, then. Um, Seth Jones made it 2 nothing, um, where a nice little tic-tac-toe play. Uh, yeah, he just got lost. in Like, the Sens lost him in defensive, defensive coverage. Uh, he was just wide open. Goes and around then, Zub. Uh, and then Zub ran over his goalie after he, uh, you know, lost him in coverage. It was like... There were two, if you look at that play, like the screenshot, there are two Chicago players and four Senators down low playing defense. And yet somehow Seth Jones got open. It's yeah. absurd. They're awful defensively. Dickman does not help that. I mean, it's not a specialty, but, you know, still not looking good. Um, and, yeah, so they're down 2 nothing after outshooting the Chicago 14-3. to Yep. Um, and actually, I found it very funny that there were two instances in this game of Seth Jones scoring on a pass from Andrews Bjork. Maybe some instant instant chemistry there with uh, Jones and, and the new arrival. That was the third goal. Jones scored again on a pass from Bjork across the ice. Um, and then uh, there were actually, I noticed, quite a lot of rush chances given yep. up by Ottawa. They were happening more and more frequently. Uh, Athanasiu, for example, got a few chances on a few different uh, two-on-ones. Yeah, it was uh, Jason Dickinson who ended up getting the fourth goal. Uh, pass from Hubert Anders Bjork <laughs> in the slot. Um, York's third assist of the game, and uh, Thomas Shabbat was uh, screening his own goalie, yeah. Mad Shogard. Just that was for nothing. Standing around the both of them, like him and Julian Gotzer. Yep, yep. Chilling. Uh, a fight between uh, Brady Kachuk and top four defenseman Jared Tenorti. Um <laughs> and uh, Alex Stalock looked very solid. Ottawa <laughs> did outshoot Chicago by by quite a bit. I think Stalock made about thirty five saves or something in the entire game. And uh, Andrews Bjork ends up uh, with a breakaway. It did. After a, a turnover as well. Bad, bad, bad. Thomas Shabbat. Lazy fucking zone exit. Yep. Third period comes. Uh, Lucas Reichel gets the fifth goal on a breakaway. Deke to the backhand. Mr. Rookie. Uh, that's how it would end. 5 nothing Chicago. Um, Ottawa. So I think what I said last week applies very well about this team that will, you know, get hot and, like, maybe believe in itself and the power of friendship. And then, like, it, it will all kind of, like, deflate so fast. And it's kind of like uh, a fragile faith in a way. Yeah. Which, you know, you compare that to, say, a great team like Tampa Bay. They're doing, they're coming off a, a terrible slump. But that doesn't shake their confidence in, like, the foundation of their strength as a group. With the team like Ottawa, it's like, we don't even really know if we're good or not. Despite the fact that, you know, we play well for stretches. And every time there's a bad game, it's like, oh, is this who we really are? The vibe's that quick. Vibes die very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, yeah, just like a bad game like this, not only like mathematically not good for the playoff chances, but just felt like, you know, all the hype died on the spot in a span of 60 minutes. Who said that would happen? You. You did. Thank you. Right out of the money. Um, Foresight yeah. over astonishment. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on that fifth goal, you know, Jake Sanderson, yet again, wearing the goat horns, turning it over in the opposition blue line. Uh, and then, uh, what, Reichel just kind of beat Chikrin in a foot race, but he already had the advantage. 
turnover just kind of screwed everything up there. Um, but yeah, five nothing. How do you lose five nothing to to Chicago? This bare bones. This team that I said you it's a, they should not win a single game for the rest of the season. And they won. And they won. It, like the first game I watched that they played, just absurd. Wow. Do you want to go quickly through Ottawa's one win of the week against the playoff team Seattle? Sure. Um, well, here we go. Shane Pinto jams in a rebound, make it one nothing early Ooh. on. Nick Holden shot. This is like his one positive contribution. Nice little passing play there. Uh, yeah, Matt Sogard played all three games this week. Yeah. Um, Cam Talbot, I think, got injured before the first game. Yes. Uh, he was initially slated to play the first game, I think, and then uh, just got tweaked something. Yeah, um, it was not a good week for Matt Sogard. No. Apparently, he's been having a good season prior to this. Yeah. But didn't didn't, didn't really show here, did it? Uh, Jacob Chikrin, famously, uh, scored, a, scored the second goal. Um, yeah, just kind of snapped it from the slot. Nice little rush. Nice play by Tim Stutzel to gain the zone. And, uh, yeah, it looked look good there, Timmy. Um, and then uh, Ottawa, you know, continued to pour it on. Fucking Patrick Brown scored on a one-timer and make a 3 nothing. That was rough. Philip Grubauer. That was a, that was, that was a rough sequence um, where he couldn't clear it. I think it was Matthew, Matthew Joseph on the boards. I tried to ring it around, but it couldn't get past him. So he turned it over there. And then the shot just kind of squeezed right by him. Um, so he probably, A, shouldn't have turned it over. Um, and B, shouldn't have let that go through. But then again, that's the Philip Grubauer experience. You know, yep. what it is. Uh, but then, oh, lo and behold, the Senators, Team Fragile over here, giving up all sorts of fucking goals. Uh, <laughs> so first one was a shorthanded one, Jared McCann. So, you know, it was a one-timer, took a weird bounce. Uh, right off Shabbat, and wasn't then, it? Was that? Was it off? The, I thought it was off the ref. Oh, oh, I'm saying once he actually got once he got around to actually scoring, he what? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the re- rebound went off Shabbat, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he just kind of carried it all the way down the ice, uncontested, and then um, weird bounce off Shabbat and in. Uh, then Jaden Schwartz uh, tips a Vince Dunn point shot, made a three-two. It you know sends turning it over again in their own zone mm-hmm. after they won a faceoff. Uh, and Chikrin wasn't able to tie up his his man up front. And then uh, they fucking Seattle scores a third goal in a row, make a three-three. Jaden Schwartz, uh, what what happened there? He tipped a shot inadvertently, uh, right after, right after the Sens had a power play that ended. And then fucking four-three, Seattle, <laughs> yeah, just nuts, just nuts, they crazy that they won this it. game. Just uh, Vince Dunn, little snapshot. Sens couldn't clear it. Uh, it was Travis Hamonic, um, who had the puck, can't clear the zone. Austin Watson loses it at the blue line. Just <laughs> rough. And then Hamannick doesn't cover Vince Dunn. He just lets him walk in and shoot. He just, he's awful. Holy shit. Um, and then uh, second star, Flo Drew, saves the day. 4-4, yeah. ties it up. Under a minute later, um, nice play by Tim Stutzel. Forcing the turnover. And then uh, William Borgen blows it for the crack. Oh, I love end. this goal. This goal was so fun. I watched the replay a few yeah, times. Yeah, well, what did you like about this goal? All right, Explain so, it in detail. So just to describe it, so Alex yeah. Debrinken ends up with the puck kind of in the corner along the goal line type of thing. And he's looking to make a pass across the crease uh, to Shane Pinto for the tap-in. But Will Borgen gets in the way, puts his stick on the ice, and instead of making a great pass to Shane Pinto, Alex Dabrinkit makes a perfect pass to Will Borgen. And it, Will Borgen doesn't even have to try to tap it in. <laughs> Alex Dabrinkit, it goes right off the stick Beautiful. and right uh, behind Grubauer. Um, the most exquisite own goal. I think William Borgen, he's the guy that lost to Claude Drew in the first place, right, on the forecheck. So Might have been. Rough, rough sequence of events for the man. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there like you go. Seattle did press extremely hard in the final minute with the goalie out yeah. and got several great scoring chances in the final minute. Ottawa, I would, I think they should consider themselves lucky to have gotten out of that one in regulation. Yeah, no kidding. Or just gotten out of it at all with a win, mm-hmm. with a point, honestly. Holy shit. Um, yeah, you give up four goals like that. Rough. Let's get to the third game. I think it's through. Wait, yeah. I want to, yeah. because we were talking about Mad Shogart a little bit. Sure. I pulled up his numbers. Uh, he, has, he hasn't been so great this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in eight NHL games, he's an 899. And in 21 AHL games, he's an 898. I don't know why I was under the impression he was doing much better than that. Yeah, me too. Maybe I mixed him up with Philip Gustafson. Maybe this week tanked his stats. But the AHL numbers also are not very yeah. good, and I thought they had been. And this got, you know, they drafted in the second round a few years ago, back in 2019. Uh, I remember the first time I ever heard of him. He was the goalie in net for Denmark when they lost like 16 nothing to Canada at the <laughs> World Juniors or something. Um, so rough. Uh, but, you know, he's big. He's got a lot of raw tools, and this is kind of – the main guy Ottawa is saying, this could be our goalie of the future. It, and I, if I remember correctly, last summer, they were comfortable departing with Philip Gustafson because they had this guy oh, who they okay. preferred. Who did they trade him for? Was that the Talbot trade? Yeah, it was Gustafson for Talbot. And man, would they ever love to have Philip Gustafson on their team these days. Are you kidding me? Oh, boy. Uh, a rough-looking trade. Um, but yeah, so that's the goaltending situation. He looks okay. He looks... Like a goalie playing his first few games in the NHL. <laughs> Who's not ready for the NHL. Yeah, do you um, think, like, a big problem this week was the goaltending? And that, like, maybe if Talbot or Forsberg were healthy and, like, playing their normal selves? No. I don't I don't think that's the main problem. I mean, like, you know, obviously there could have been better, right? Um, it was not great or even really good goaltending. But this team is so incompetent defensively. That's the main issue, right? They, they just give up too many good scoring chances. Uh, and, yeah, you know. It'd be nice to get a save. But when you're losing 5 nothing, you're losing 5-2 to bad fucking teams. Yeah. That's not a function of just goaltending. That's that's a function of, you know, not being able to generate enough offense consistently. But also, your defensive structure, it's, it's awful. It's a train wreck. Do you think, here's the age-old question, is it personnel or coaching? That, you know, it's, I think it's a combination of both. Because they're, they're so undisciplined and just poor defensively, just standing around, uh, that you have to question, at least to some degree, the coaching. Um, in, in DJ Smith, and that's what I wanted. To, that was that was an idea. I had like you know maybe maybe reconsider that whole idea of DJ Smith as your coach. Um, because you know yeah the, the the hype is there, the vibes are nice, but the vibes are only nice when things are going well. And yeah, it's a nice little stretch that they're on, but defensively this is not going to take you far. You know you can you can add all the personnel you want, but I don't think the structure is good enough. And also the personnel wise, and then you got Travis Hammond hanging around, and you know and Nick Holden playing regular minutes. Not a good enough defense. Yeah, you seem to really be a Nick Holden anti. Yeah, I am. You look terrible this week. Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty bad. He was awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so the other another player who's kind of, you know, a part of the equation is Eric Branstrom. And that, like, you know, he was, you know, big hype in Vegas. He's going to be, you know, offensive star or something. Uh, and, of course, he hasn't really been able to figure it out defensively very much at all. And I think, you know, a big part of that comes down to, Ottawa's development and coaching. And, you know, for example, you know, guys like Shabbat and Chikrin, not exactly known for their defensive prowess necessarily. Not exactly necessarily bad at it either, though. Um, and then the question is, like, is this the type of thing that is solved by just, you know, bring in, you know, players who are good defensively to, like, complement the ones who aren't as good? That kind of feels like you're 
putting a band-aid on a problem because I really I do believe that like with the proper coaching any defenseman can play good defense. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the, the coaching is a major part of it, right? Yeah. In terms of defensively. Um much more so than offensively in terms of yeah, producing on-ice results. And so, you know, I think there is there is there's something to be said about getting more defensive compliments for the offensive-minded defenseman on this team, but you know, there should be they should be getting more out of these defensemen uh defensively. So I don't I don't I've I've don't really buy the DJ Smith coaching experience currently um because they look they look so bad defensively that you know, a good coach would have a sound defensive structure, you know, where it would be able to cover up maybe certain deficiencies talent-wise on these defensemen. Um so, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't buy it. Because Ottawa is like take, has taken a big step forward this year. Allegedly, allegedly, I'd be surprised if DJ Smith got fired. I'd be, I think that's not gonna happen. I'd be surprised too, but I think it's it wouldn't be ill advised to fire him. Like I wouldn't have a problem with it at all. I think it would be very smart for them to bring in Claude Julien. Yeah, as it would be for most teams. <laughs> sure, that's right. Um, but I think you know, like what what are you satisfied with here? You know, as the as the Senators, you satisfied with mediocrity. Because honestly, that yeah. because there's enough talent on this team, especially in the forward core, where you know they can carry the offense to that point, right? You have nice stretches, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to get much further with this defensive system. You just can't win against great offensive teams consistently if you're giving up all these chances. They're going to sh- eat you alive. Because the question moving forward, like into next year for Ottawa, is how do we get better? And the thing is, they do have some built-in answers. They have oh, Chikrin will be more settled in for a full year. Uh, our goalies won't get injured. Josh Norris won't get injured, which. I will remind you. You don't know that. You don't know. The, maybe Stutzel will get injured. Right, you know. Yeah. Um. So that's you know. And Vancouver feels like every single year is pulling out that excuse as well. Like we had no idea we'd have injuries. <laughs> um. And you know, people are saying at the start of year for Ottawa, like as soon as Josh Norris got injured, it was like, there go your playoff chances. It's like one player gets injured, and there go your playoff chances. That is not a roster that's constructed well. But you know, the pieces and the excuses are there for Ottawa to be able to justify uh, the uh, the logic that would say that they could be stepping into the playoffs next year and improving again. Right. They just need to take the steps to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that there, there are enough pieces where you can justify, okay, let's, let's really try to make a push, but you need to make the smart moves to make that push, you know, not fuck around and, you know, make a dumb sign and keep your bad coach and, Call that a day and hope for and pray for unexpected, you know, unparalleled, unprecedented success. Yeah, looking uh, forward to the summer of Pierre Part Two, Electric Boogaloo. See what he has <laughs> up his sleeve. Honestly, though, you know, I want to see what kind of thing he does. Does he does he move around the defense? He doesn't really have. Do you think he would trade next year's first round pick as well? Yeah, I guess one he for Debrinket, one for Chikrin. You know. Yeah, he doesn't have really the the draft equity to do that, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Wish they got Pasternak. <laughs> All right, let's do this final game, this 5-2 loss to the Vancouver Canucks. At open, you know, there's a good chance on both sides. Giroux hits a post. Vitaly Kravtsov gets a decent chance, stopped by Mad Shogard. Uh, we get another fight between Austin Watson and Kyle Burrows, not to be confused with Alex Burrows. And then uh, JT Miller centers to Kuzmenko, and Claude Giroux doesn't keep up. Chikrin's a little bit flat-footed on that play. He's standing around. Yeah, one nothing Vancouver. That was Kuzmenko's 31st goal of the year, I think. Uh, quite, you know, everything else going on in Vancouver kind of overshadowing how great of a signing that was out of, out of Russia. Second period, uh, Alex Dabrinkit ends up uh, defending a two-on-one, uh, which is not a good position to be in. And he does so by 
uh, sliding out of the way and turning <laughs> it into a two on zero. Yeah. Uh, uh, between Niels Oman, as I believe it's actually pronounced, and JT Miller. Uh, JT Miller uh, scores the goal there, two nothing Vancouver. Then the Sens let Dakota Joshua walk around all of them. Uh, Nick Holden barely even seems to try. Yeah, Dakota right, Joshua. Nick. This was Nick Holden looked worse. <laughs> Worst uh, on this play. <laughs> like Nick Holden anti moment. Yeah. <laughs> Joshua just kind of walks oh, around him. Boy. Deeks around Mad Shogun as well. And Niels Oman gets uh, the last touch. That makes it 3 nothing Vancouver. Third period, it's Sheldon Drives, another no-namer for Vancouver. Sniping off the rush. Brilliant shot. Makes it 4 nothing. Uh, Ottawa gets a few. Claude Giroux on, on the doorstep uh, jams in a rebound of a Shabbat shot. And then Nick Holden gets a shot from the point. <laughs> Shoots through traffic and scores. What a deep. Well done. Yeah. And uh, Kuzmenko gets the empty netter. It's 5 to Vancouver. And on the broadcast, I don't know if you noticed, after Ottawa got that second goal, then, you know, they were within two with a few minutes left. They were really kind of building up that, here comes yeah. Ottawa's comeback. <laughs> They're right. pumped on the bench. They're fired up. And, like, on one hand, you're playing Vancouver. Like, you, you know, <laughs> that could happen. But it also felt like, you know, a very kind of desperate clinging on to hope of, like, uh, you know, because you kind of, if you're out at this point trying to make the playoffs, you kind of have to believe that you can come back from down 4-2 with, like, four minutes left. Yeah. When it's highly unlikely. So yeah. Like, that's true. Your last shot. Yeah, it's desperate. This team, it felt desperate. And that's what happens when you dig yourself a 4 nothing hole against this dog shit team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even then, you know, like, oh, we have all this momentum. And then, like, who had the best chance moving forward since after we became 4-2? It was the fucking Canucks. Uh, it was, like, Philip fucking DiGiuseppe uh, with that late chance. So... You know, just yeah, the same a lot, a lot of the same patterns that we saw uh, throughout the week. You know, defensive turnovers, um, mistakes, and they just yeah, they're they're just caught standing around too much. It's like they don't know what they're supposed to do, um, and you know, I can't imagine they're they're inherently like that as players. You know, I think part of it is it seems that their structure isn't helping them succeed defensively because they're always standing around. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you know, they're they're just like you know all these goals. They're just you know a part of it is. They're constantly turning it over in their own zone, um, or also just turning it over in general. And that seems to be a problem. But also, you you look and you're like, where's the closest defenseman to the guy on the other team, and what is he doing? And he's standing. He's like, he's not doing shit. He's too far, not in movement. Defensive problem. I'm gonna speculate a little bit. All right, let's hear it. I wonder. Well, obviously, we both agree coaching probably has something to do with it. If part of DJ Smith's defensive strategy is, you stand here. <laughs> <laughs> You think? Yeah. You just five dots on the board. <laughs> this, like, is this, this is it. This is it. Where you're supposed to be. It's got this zone defense. And I, I, I don't remember what goal it was, but at some point, when on one goal, it might have been the first goal of this game when Chikrin was kind of just standing there. Yeah. Like on the left side. If there's DJ Smith kind of, you know, because this is something you see come across sometimes like in youth hockey as like, you know, uh, the left winger should like, you know, be on the left side of the ice, sure. you know, that type yeah. of thing. And it doesn't allow for much flexibility. And even when I was playing hockey when I was, like, 11 or 12 years old and I was playing, you know, defense on the right side, it was like, you know, maybe the left defenseman pinches or something, and so you're going to have to cover for them by moving over to the left side. It kind of, in that particular instance by Jacob Chickering, it kind of felt as though he was like, I shouldn't go to the right side of the ice. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it feels like uh, like systemic, like the system yeah. is too rigid. It's too rigid. It's like I, this is my bubble. This is you know I'm not allowed to cross this line in the ice. Yeah, it's like ring it. And as soon as someone goes there, as soon as his skate touches that region, it's not my problem. That's my partner's fault. It's his fault. Um, and like you know, 
at that, that point, you can't blame him. him. That's the system. That's the system. You know, like if he leaves the zone, then and in a rigid system, nobody's gonna fucking replace him either, right? Yeah. Um. So you know, it's just it's. Mm, I think we probably are exaggerating. In it. You know, this reminds me of the ethics class I'm taking right now, okay. actually. How so? Um, okay, I was going to use a very violent example from <laughs> the textbook. And I feel like that's probably not necessarily something I have to do. Well, um, never mind. Just forget I said anything. Uh, all right. Lost over the ethics. Yeah, no, well, well, it's basically the idea is like the, the difference between like um, doing something and like being passive about it. It's like, okay, you know, I guess it kind of do, does work best if it's like, you know, this ethical rule say, of, oh, you shouldn't hurt anyone. What if hurting someone is the only way to prevent the hurting of someone else, right? Right. And it's kind of uh, this thing of like, well, st- some ethical fundamentalist would say like doesn't matter you shouldn't hurt anyone and it's other people's responsibility also to not hurt other people right so it's this thing of like oh can jacob chicken be blamed for that goal when like jake sanderson should have been should have been covering and you know an ethical fundamentalist might say like yes because it's everyone's job to like be in the right position and you know someone with maybe more common sense would be like but you have to adapt to the circumstance that's in front of you Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. So, you know. In conclusion, TJ Smith should be fired. He teaches the wrong ethics, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Um, but yeah, I, I really do buy that DJ Smith should be fired. I feel like that's on the on the on the path to success. That is an inevitable stepping stone because he just doesn't show enough. Yep. Unless he changes as a coach. Right. Which. They famously do all the time. Yeah, coaches are all very adaptable, <laughs> as we know. Um, yeah. I have one final question. Why is Vancouver's goal song, Don't You Forget About Me? Is this a rhetorical question? Is no. An actual, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, in the sense that I don't expect you to actually know the answer. Okay. But Why this is, is a terrible goal song. Don't You Forget About Me? Yeah. yeah. Didn't you hear it? Don't yeah. you forget about me. You know, from The Breakfast Club? I don't know the song. So that's probably why I didn't register. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This was so. That's a ridiculous choice for a goal song. Yeah. I'm uncultured, so you you'll have to explain why it's bad. Well, I mean, you can even just tell by the title. Yeah, it's not hype. It's not hype at it's all. It's not hype. Yeah. The mo- it, like I think it plays. I haven't actually seen Breakfast Club. I think it plays at the start and at the end, as it's like the song from the '80s. That's that's basically don't you forget about me. When you walk on by, that type of thing. That's dumb. Yeah, I know. It's After like, a goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't forget about us. What are you talking about? You just scored. Oh, man. I scored a goal and I'm already begging you not to forget about the goal. <laughs> don't leave. What a forgettable team. We're still here. So miserable. I did the thing you came here Can to watch imagine? me see. <laughs> I'm still asking you not to forget about me. Can you even imagine if, like, this team was any good and they still use that goal song? <laughs> They're like beating up on some team like seven nothing, and they score, and it's like, don't you forget about me? Oh, we say organizational rot. This is what we're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even even down to the goal song, bad choice. It's gotta be. I I can think of few worse goal songs. Yeah, for real. Well, that's an slight exaggeration, but I'm I was floored. I was like, is this a situation where like the custom goal songs and just like maybe Kuzmenko likes it or something? Right. No, no, it's all every goal. Yeah, well, forgettable team. So, you know, if it wasn't for all the incompetence, 
You wouldn't think about him twice. Yeah. There we go. Should be the Ducks goal song. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Um. All right. General NHL news, shall we? Unless sure. you have anything else to say on the Sens. Uh, they're not making the playoffs. No, they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Very or w- are they? No. Oh. You're very wishy-washy. Ooh. I'm very wishy-washy. Last year, like, la- last week, I mean, you're yeah. like, they're in. One bad week, they're out. All right, they're in. Fuck it. They're in. <laughs> they're in. They're going to do it. I'm going to stick by my take. Okay. Famously rigid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know who is making the playoffs for sure? Ooh. The Boston Bruins. Yeah, that's right. Beyond all doubt. Reasonable or unreasonable. Because they clinched yesterday. Yep. Uh, after beating the Detroit Red Wings, 105 points. Whoa. Fastest team ever to 50 wins. 64 games. They are uh, historically good. They're tearing it up. Not th- what could possibly stop the Boston Bruins? Their first round opponent. The Ottawa Senators? <laughs> <laughs> Theoretically, that's nuts, though. As you're sporting, you know, every time I look at it, it still shocks me. 820 points percentage, clinching literally a month before the season ends. Over a month. Nuts. What are you, what are you doing? 34 days away. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just take it easy. Yeah, that's been one, like, the one mild concern people have with the Bruins is, like, you know, they're kind of old. Are they going to hit a wall at some point? Yeah. It would be very unwise of them not to give Bergeron plenty of days off. Same Rest with David Krejci, same with yeah. Brad Marchand, same with everyone, really. There's no point in running these guys into the ground when you're already, you've practically locked up the president's trophy. You know, you That's can't right. improve your position. No. Nope. Let, them, let them take a chill. Don't point chase, record chase, whatever not, you know, just... <laughs> Don't Just set your guys. Yeah, yeah. Load management. And the it's thing simple is, as that. you're probably still gonna break some kinds of records, even with if you play Bergeron like, yeah, I don't know, 75 percent of the games from here to the end of the year. Probably play less than that. Even 75 would be pretty extreme. Yeah, you think? Based on like at least based on the current culture, I think we can probably expect him to get like two games off. Out of 18. Yeah, That's like it. near the very end, to like rest okay. him right before the playoffs. Yeah. Or maybe once they get the official P next to their name, President's Trophy, maybe they will. Just rest everybody. Or just, you know, extreme rest all the time. Play Providence. Yeah, really, seriously, yeah. <laughs> they should, honestly. Call it Vinny Lettieri, Stephen Fogarty, Yona Kopanen, Why not? Curtis Hall. At that point. Um, but yeah, that you know, if they're smart, that'll be something they do. Because you're right, it is an aging team. Um, even dudes like Dmitry Orlov. Old, you know? He's not that old, is he? Yeah. I feel like he is. I thought it was like 30. I feel like he's here forever, no? Let's see. Yeah, look. Dmitry Yorlov is 31 years old. I was okay. about right. Yeah, he's pretty old. You know, they should rest him a bit. They should uh, rest McAvoy a bit, Lindholm, everyone. Completely agreed. Yep. There's uh, Yeah. Well, well, who's their closest competitor right now? Carolina, and they're 11 points up. It's not happening. It's not happening. Not a chance. Nope, not a chance in hell. So, And they have so much depth. They can afford to. Fuck, they can bench their stars and yeah, a little de- ice a decent team. Yeah, make Pavel Zaki your first line center for a game. <laughs> Who cares? Charlie Coyle. I'll take them any over any of those bum ass teams any day of the week. Take out that first line. Hmm? Oh, just take out the entire like. Yeah. Take out Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand just sure. for a game. Why not? Yeah. Honestly, I think they're better than Chicago. I'm not, not even close. Chicago. Yeah. So you know, Boston's, Boston's fourth line is about as good as Chicago's first line. Seriously. Who's their third goalie. Uh. That's Brandon Bus- Brandon Boosie. Sure. Kyle Keezer. I don't know. They traded Kincaid. Yeah, that's that he's their fourth goalie, right? He was their third, I would say. But now they have like Brandon Brandon Boosie, I think that's how it's pronounced, and Kyle Keezer playing down in Providence. Mm. 
there we go. And if you want to put them in the NHL game, there'd be nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. give both of them some rest. It's crazy, man. Swayman really kind of recovered since his shitty start to the season. Of course he has. And it's ridiculous. Shouldn't have traded him, um, fantasy wise. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're just they're just a they're a rolling team. Yep. I saw someone point out recently, the Sabres, I'm sure, would love to have Linus Allmark. <laughs> they sure would, wouldn't they? Yeah. I mean, oh, that, they were so bad that year, and he was still quite good. Yeah. And I don't think there was anything they could have done to convince him to stay. You don't think so? But I'm sure they would like, well, a maybe, load of money. Maybe like seven and a half AAV or something, but like that would have been ill-advised at the time. So. Yeah, but even then, we were pretty clued into the fact that he, this was a good goalie. Yeah. Bonafide. We were. Good goalie. Should have kept him. Instead, they kept Craig Anderson on. Look what that's got them. Outside of a playoff spot. Exactly. All right. Um, should we do our standings check, or should we? Because like, we're already on the standings, you know, looking at. Yeah, yeah. Why not? We'll do it a little earlier, but we will get to some other things later. Yeah. Why not? Uh, mix be a little flexible. And yeah. So where do you want to start? Let's start in the Atlantic. Boring old Atlantic, since we were already there to begin with. Um. Or, yeah, well, I mean, there's not, nothing has changed in the division spots. Um, so, you know what? That's that's all there is really to say about the Atlantic Division race. Um, if we go to the Metropolitan, you know, things are tightening up in that first, second race. Carolina and the Devils. Uh, yeah, the Devils are still hot. Carolina's doing fine. It's just, uh, what, points percentage-wise, it's pretty close. Canes have two points more than the Devils in the game in hand as well. Um so yeah, it's still still tight there. I'm rooting for the Devils. Me too. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, they're great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great I, vibes. I think of all the teams in the Eastern Conference, they would be most fun to see like make the finals. They're the easiest to cheer for by far. But yes, 100%. Jack Hughes. Yeah. Nico Heischer. Hemo fucking Meyer. Thomas Tatar. Who doesn't love him? Vitek Vanacek. I'm yeah, a fantasy appreciator. Sure, why not? <laughs> Everyone loves Dougie Hamilton, of course, as well. Uh, They're true. very easy to cheer for. Very easy to cheer for them against the Rangers. That would be, hmm. I would say, in the first round, assuming it ends up like it stays as is, um, I would probably have the biggest rooting interest for the Lightning against the Leafs. And after that, for the Devils against the Rangers. Honestly, I I don't know if which which one, which one out of those two I would pick as my number one rooting interest. Mm-hmm. You know, I've really... Really dug a trench as a Rangers anti recently. You know, not as much as a Leafs anti. I'm on board with you as a Rangers anti. What? I'm on board with you as a Rangers anti. Yeah. Not quite as... It doesn't impact my soul as much, but, like, I'm not rooting for them at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it impacts my soul, you know? Like, this this team doesn't deserve shit. Go go eat a, go eat a fucking rock. Um, <laughs> which which is why, actually, I don't want to see them play the Devils. Because I feel like, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to leave the door open to be heartbroken. You know, a Rangers over Devils outcome would really just kind of floor me. And not in a surprise way, just like in a miserable way. Yeah, that would suck. Uh, yeah. So like, you know, if you put Carolina in that second spot, at least the stakes are a bit lower for me personally, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the Hurricanes flaming out round one again <laughs> would be, you know, there'd be some value to that as well. There would be some value to it. Um, not as much value as the Rangers crashing out. But, you know. Here's the thing that like, the Rangers crashed, like they're going to be an underdog in the first round. Yeah. Well, at least in terms of the standings, some might say they're favored. In, um, I would not agree. But some d- certainly would. Uh, I the Rangers like losing the first round wouldn't it be a flame out. Well, in a sense, like they've gone so all in at this deadline, it kind of would be. Yeah. And that's why I especially hope they have a terrible showing and lose in four or five games. Yeah, I would love that. Nothing, nothing would bring me more joy than other than perhaps a Leafs loss. 
um, to the Lightning. Speaking of be? the yeah. Metro Division, sure. Uh, so I don't know if you saw recently. There's uh, a line that's been put together in Carolina on the second line. Yeah. It's been clicking very well uh, with Martin Natchash, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, and I don't remember who the third. Maybe Tara Vinen? I don't remember. But anyway, uh, about a week ago, uh, I was watching a Hurricanes Lightning, and the Hurricanes beat the Lightning six nothing, and they said on the broadcast that uh that particular line who had been together for uh I don't know well for a little while sure. hadn't given up a single even strength goal and had scored five. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And that game as well, Yasperi Kalkaniemi had five points. Huh. Look at a, him go. a goal and four assists. And I just pulled up his game log to yeah. see. Oh, is he on a heater? Yeah. Uh, he played Vegas last night and stepping backwards, zero points, zero points, zero points, five points, zero points, zero points, a goal, zero points, zero points. So what I was gonna say. Has he finally found his offensive spot? Apparently not. Yeah, not exactly. But the line is is, good. He's decidedly the second-line center there now on the second-best team in the league. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that in terms of, you know, faith in the Hurricanes. But It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. (laughs) That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's off-putting. You would expect better, you know, on the Hurricanes, given how well they've done. You would have expected them to make a run for O'Reilly or Bo Horvat or Nick Schmaltz, who didn't even move. That's right. Um, But instead, they're stuck with Yasperi. Mm-hmm. That's right. For a long time. Yeah. Uh, how many left on that? What was that? Six year deal? Wasn't it eight years? Oh, was it? Uh. Let me check. I feel like he signed an eight year deal hmm. in Carolina for oh. the four point something. All right. Let me let me check. Yes, Barry Cockney is signed till twenty thirty. With the modified no trade <laughs> oh, as boy. soon as it's eligible. Oh boy. On what? Five? Four and a half? Four point eight two. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh. Wait, I just realized his number is 82. Mm. That's where the 4.82. He did the thing. He did the thing. Yeah. Anyway, I asked the question before, what could possibly stop the Bruins? Yeah. I think the Lightning could. You think so? In yeah. the second round? I'll tell you why. Yeah, go ahead. Because the Lightning have been to the Stanley Cup final three years in a row. <laughs> just imagine it. What, like, say you end up with the Lightning and Bruins in round two. Yeah. Say the Lightning win game one. Sure. Who's surprised? Not me. Exactly. But then I expect four games of the Bruins to win. Do you actually? Do you honestly? Earn- yes. Does a, does a Lightning playoff victory over the Bruins? Yeah. Earnestly surprise you? Yes. Really? Because I think the Bruins are that good. The Tampa Bay Lightning have the core of victory. Yeah, but you know the 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 aging and not doing as well. Now, granted, they're they're a good team. They're every good year, team. every the past few years, you know. You know, pe- well, not me. People go, is this year the Lightning, you know, does age catch up to them? Does fatigue catch up to them? And it hasn't yet. And last year they swept the Panthers in the second round, you know, on their way to the Stanley Cup final. And they enter the playoffs again. People will be asking the same questions. For us to get the exact same answer we got last year and the year before, why should that be a surprise? It would be a surprise. This is different. This team is so much better. The Bruins are. Um, and I don't think the Lightning have gotten better. I think... I would be legitimately surprised if the Lightning beat the Bruins. I'm going to put that out there right now. Um, I will be, yeah, I just think the Bruins are miles ahead of what the Panthers even did last year. Are the Bruins your cup pick? I don't want to, you know, so pro- I'm not. I'm going to hold off on that. But I think just within the Atlantic, you know. Which team would you not be surprised to see beat the Bruins in the league? The Devils. <laughs> I'm saying that with a straight face. The Devils and, you know, I I guess the Hurricanes, but I would be more surprised if the Lightning won. 
against the Bruins. That's ridiculous of you. Yeah? Well, that's a shame. I think the Lightning are, in my opinion, the third most likely team to beat the Boston Bruins. You're saying, assuming there were an equal chance the Bruins played every single team in yeah, the league. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, -huh. uh Well, I will disagree with you there. Yeah. Um, you think Lightning number one, eh? It's just, what's, you know, the team's still great, but the underlings have been getting worse a bit, you know, steadily. Yeah, cause they're taking their foot off the brake more and more in the regular season so that they can come into the playoffs with full force again. This is what they do. It's their formula. I guess so. But I think the Bruins are just that much better. Mm. Look at that roster strength. So much, so much, so much talent. Lightning have tenors or no? Yeah, that's right. He have, he's worth five picks, apparently. And Calfoot. And Calfoot. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's take a look at the wildcard race. Yes. Why don't um, we? So things have kind of... May I moved yeah go ahead all right so pittsburgh top wild card and it actually just so happens that now for the first time in a while points percentage does more or less correspond to points mm. pittsburgh top wild card spot 76 points 585 points percentage islanders also 76 points 559 points percentage and they are listed by points first and second and by points percentage first and second wild card spot and chasing them down is florida is the closest, 73 points, 545 points percentage. So they are actually, you know, even if they win that game in hand on the Islanders, they would still be behind them. So there is a definite distance, not a distance that can't be, you know, overcome in the span of a week and a half. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, they're, they might as well be tied. That's not really what it's looking like anymore. And behind Florida is Ottawa and then Buffalo, who are pretty much in lockstep with Washington. Right. So, here's my take. I think it's still, you know, I will not say it's over for the like, you know, like it, the Islanders, I don't trust them at all. Zero faith. The only thing propping them up is Ilya Sorokin. You know? And do I think they can, you know, and, and sure, there's distance. I mean, they're clearly the, the, the team that's ahead, like in that spot right now. But I, I certainly wouldn't put it past them. Lose three games in a row, all of a sudden, Florida's is above you. It hurts my soul so much the Panthers might make the playoffs now. Yeah, I know. It's After painful. all this. Uh, oh, do I ever want them to fuck. miss? It's terrible. Yeah. They they need to miss. They deserve to miss. I will I will cheer for the Islanders if it miss if it means the Panthers miss the playoffs. Oh, I hope it doesn't come down to that. <laughs> That's what it's looking like. I know. That's what it's looking like. Mm -hmm. The other reason though, I really hope the Islanders don't make it. That rewards Lula Emerald's Bo Horvat trade. Yeah. Just buying at the deadline when yeah. they had like a 20% chance of the playoffs. What Gross. was it? And they don't lose the 12th overall pick or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 12%. That was so stupid. Mm -hmm. Dumb fuck. Yeah. And this would also set up an Islanders-Bruins first round matchup. Every... So that's the problem. And I should be so excited to watch the Bruins in the playoffs. And if it's against Islanders, the Islanders suck the excitement and joy out of every playoff series they involve it's themselves in. It's a wash. In. You just have to skip the round two and hope they make it there, you know, in terms of waiting for that Bruins excitement. Yeah. It's going to be boring as shit. It will be so boring Ugh. if the Islanders make the playoffs. 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Overtime. 3-2. Overtime. And you know, even with the Islanders, it's like, if they are playing exciting hockey, it's like, Anders Lee! <laughs> you know? <laughs> Brock fucking Nelson. Yeah, seriously. It's like, uh, there's no, like, unless, like, Barzal and Horvat somehow, like, really put on a show. But even then. Yeah. Even then, for a playoff team, you know, like, it's top-end talent, but is it top-end talent? Is the it only, star power? The only way the Islanders could play in an exciting series that I could foresee is the Bruins totally dominate and Ilya Sorokin stand on, stands on his head. Yep. 
That's it. I can't see the Islanders bringing offensive excitement to me. Yeah. They bring none of Even it. if they score goals, they never do it in an no, exciting way. It's always terrible. They're a pain to watch. Honestly, I can't, honestly, I wouldn't be able to be an Islanders fan. Not because they don't win often. It's just fucking unbearable to watch. Yeah. Imagine. Like, no, I will disagree with you. If you are a fan of a team like that, you start to really become a sicko and absolutely love the boredom. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, right? it's a chess match. Way to go, Pajol, you know. We win in the trenches. Yeah. Uh, I guess you fucking do, eh? Yeah. If you're winning, it solves all problems. Hmm. Which the Islanders are a little bit these days. Yeah, I guess so. Uh. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, I'm still... See, here's the thing now. I said no way Ottawa makes it. Ottawa's ahead of Buffalo. That's fucking right. Mm-hmm. So, Ottawa's making it. Guaranteed. Let's look. I want to take a look at the Sabres schedule a bit. You know, remember earlier this season... <laughs> trying to find the modicum of hope, yeah. Earlier this season, I remember we watched the Devils for a week during their hot start, yep. and we said, you know, I kind of buy this. Yep. We watched the Sabres, who were also after a hot start, and we said, I don't buy this. Mm-hmm. And so far, you know, we've been proven right. Um, even though the Sabres have slightly exceeded expectations from a certain angle, <laughs> which is... <laughs> when you get in the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's take... And Tage Thompson, Darlene is injured now for, like, the short term. I believe. So, upcoming, uh, they lost in overtime to the Rangers last night. Starting tomorrow, they have upcoming the Leafs, Washington, Philly, Boston, Nashville, New Jersey, Islanders, Montreal, Rangers, Philly, Florida, Detroit, Carolina, Rangers, New Jersey, Ottawa, Columbus. Okay, first of all, that's all in the Eastern Conference, basically. Uh, Yeah, I believe everywhere except Nashville, yeah. Yeah. Guys, they're cooked. Not over my dead body, they're making the fucking playoffs. No, well, why are you saying they're cooked? Because they're playing a bunch of teams in the East. Because, okay, oh, yeah. A, you, know, you could you could argue that, you know, they're playing the teams that are ahead of them or whatever. Well, that's thought. true. For so, Well, I mean. But the teams are better in the East. That's what I'm saying. The, the strength okay, of the competition okay. is much higher, right? Well, look at specifically the teams in the East that they are playing. How many times did I say Philadelphia on that list? It was more than, it was at least two. Uh, It was two. We got Ottawa on that list. We got Columbus on that list. We got Detroit and Florida on that list. This is a, a, a beatable schedule. You just named like six games, maybe? Six games plus Nashville, seven. Washington. Like Did I say Washington? Mm, I don't know. Say seven. All right, let's go, all right, let's go through this slowly. Okay. All right. And let's assume every team uh, that is ahead of them in the standings, they lose. And every team that they're around the same part as or ahead of, they win. Okay. To be as generous as possible to the Buffalo Sabres. Sure. All right. So I'm going to name a team. You'll say win two points or no points. Okay. Toronto. Zero. Washington. Zero. Uh, two. 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 Philadelphia. Two. So let's add that up and make it sure. four. Boston. Zero. So we're still four. Yeah. It's easier for you to say how many they have. Yeah. Uh, so that we can add oh, it on okay, at the okay, end. Okay. I see. I All see. Right. Nashville. Six. New Jersey. Six. Islanders. Six. No, no, come on. Uh, they're chased out. they got to beat the Islanders. Oh, uh, okay. Eight. Thank you. Being <laughs> right. All right, yeah. Montreal. Ten. Rangers. Ten. Flyers. Twelve. Florida. Fourteen, I guess. Detroit. Sixteen. Yeah, Carolina. Sixteen. Rangers. Sixteen. Devils. Sixteen. Oh, shit. <laughs> Ottawa. Eighteen. And Columbus. Twenty. So if they get 20 points now to the end of the season. 89 points. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no. You know, I'll even sprinkle in some overtime points, you know, in there yeah. for them. And still, I'm telling you that strength of schedule is high. 
There, there, there's a lot of Rangers, fucking Carolina Devils. They'll beat Metro. the Rangers at least one of those times. Okay, and they'll probably lose to the fucking Flyers. One no, of those they'll times. beat the Flyers, <laughs> yeah, all the time. the Flyers all the time. All right, yeah, okay. In conclusion, I guess Buffalo's not making the, the playoffs. The fucking dead. Uh, a bunch of frauds. Are you kidding no. me? It's not happening. The streak of playoffless years will extend to twelve. <laughs> Lovely. Love to see it. They didn't even make the playing round in 2020. Remember that they missed it out by like <laughs> yeah. a point. So yeah, there you go. Anyway, speaking of the Flyers, where they're playing twice, you know what they did? What? Fired their general manager. Yep. Chuckery Fletcher. Chuckery. <laughs> What's that short for, huh? I don't know. Is it Chuck? Is his first name Chuck? I think it's like Charles, probably. Mm-hmm. That's it. I forgot. I forgot what that what that was short for. Um, that's usually Charles. Charles motherfucking Fletcher. He of great incompetence. Um, who did not sell anything at the deadline. Bumbled the JBR. Chuck trade. Fletcher's legal name is actually Chuck Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So you know what the Chuckery joke makes sense too. It's this. I'm not being stupid. It's actually his fucking name. Um, <laughs> might as well be Chuckery. It's closer to Chuckery <laughs> than Charles. Uh, all right, Chuckson. <laughs> Chuck. Chuckathy. Uh, so Chuckathy Fletcher. <laughs> Chuck Burt. Chuckter Fletcher um, got fired. Um, you know, probably shouldn't have gotten hired from Minnesota in the first place after a stint there. There was no indication that this guy was good. Uh, but he was. He did bad things like sign Tony D'Angelo and uh, sign Rasmus Ristolainen. Had an unsuccessful tenure. Ran a somewhat promising core, I guess, back in 2020 into the ground. And, uh, yeah, even recently, like I said, couldn't trade JVR, fumbled the bag. This guy stinks. Yep. Got fired. Daniel Briere, now the interim guy. And, of course, I think a major catalyst for this decision was the booing at Town Hall. Mm. Did you see this? No, I didn't see this. They had a, a Town Hall with the season ticket holders. Chuck Fletcher comes out, and they boo him. <laughs> this is after deadline day. And it was either him or someone else. I think oh, someone boy. else who's, who goes, let's keep it classy. Somebody else? Like some some other person? Like uh, some yeah. presenter or whatever? Yeah, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, the MC or yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep it classy. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Yikes. Ridiculous. Holy shit. Yeah, so Chuck Fletcher, you know, did a terrible job. And I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast the yeah. other day. Um, and they were talking about, you know, because Chuck Fletcher kind of has this reputation in Philadelphia and in Minnesota of being, you know, the puppet for the owners, which is the type of thing you hear, you know, in Vancouver as well, quite often. Puppet for the owners. And so, like, we can't even know if, like, if you were actually given free reign, if you would be any good. Um, but the, a, a good point was made, which is that it takes a certain type of personality to be a puppet. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, because think of Joe Sackick on Colorado or Breezeball on Tampa or some of the other great GMs in the league. You think they never have ownership, you know, talking to them, urging them to do, you should do this, you should do that. And whereas Chuck Fletcher, we can probably uh, – imagine would be like okay just wanted to keep his job and make the owners happy in the short term joe sackick or julian breezebar or someone would say no that's dumb and i'm going to do what i think is smart and i'm going to explain to you why maybe and then you'll see that i was right and then through how good they are they proved that they make their team good and then they win the stanley cup and then that's how they gain trust from the owner you know chuck fletcher if he had a backbone would say to the flyers owners no i'm not gonna I don't know, sign Ristolainen, assuming that maybe that was the owner's idea, because he's bad. I'm going to let him walk, for example. And then all of a sudden, Ristolainen continues to be bad, and maybe the Flyers improve a bit. And then Chuck Fletcher gains trust from the owners. So this is entirely on Chuck Fletcher himself. Uh, and now Danny Breer is uh, the interim guy. Interested to see if he is going to continue to bend to the will of the Flyers' ownership or if he's actually going to stand his ground. 
Yeah, so two points. Chuck Fletcher, you know, if he needs to grow a backbone, there's that. He also clearly, I think, probably needs to grow some hockey evaluation talent. I think, you know, it's part of it because, you know, and, and yeah, that's the thing. You know, I can give you the benefit of the doubt once if in terms of, you know, being a puppet, so to speak, right? Because, you know, maybe you're in a bad situation. The owner's whatever. He's an asshole. He threatens your job. And it just wasn't conducive to standing up, right? That's mm-hmm. fine. Once it's, it's twice, right? Yeah. That, then it's like it's a pattern. Okay, this maybe you just, you don't have it. You don't have the qualities to really insist on success. And whether that means the backbone or whether that means you just can't fucking evaluate, you know, and you're not confident in your analysis or your analysis is just flat out not good. Um, either one, it's just as bad. They're equally as bad. You're not going to be a good general manager. And I think, you know, that's what we see with Chuck Fletcher. Um, and yeah, is it the, the same owner in Minnesota now that it was before, no? Probably. I'm, I'm no assuming idea. so. I don't remember ever hearing about a Minnesota sale. So in that case, you know, Bill Guerin's doing a fine job. Yeah. Um, I, I don't hear any issues with him and, you know, owner control or whatever the fuck. Um, and he's doing fine. He's making a bunch of smart moves and, and whatnot. And he's doing okay. But uh, Chuck Fletcher isn't. So, yep. yeah. Did you see the headline for this uh, Sam Karchidi article? No. It's Karchidi. How is it pronounced? I don't know. You know, this is the Flyers hey, the reporter that no one likes? Yeah. Here's a here's headline uh, from today. Okay. Danny Briere, Flyers interim GM, uses our word, welcomes the challenge. Do, huh. you, un- do you understand this? Yeah, well, I'm not 100% sure what this guy means by the R word. Like, I have an idea of an R word. Yeah, there is an R word yeah. that exists that there's no reason for us to say. What yeah. Danny Breer actually said was, I'm not afraid to use the word rebuild. Oh, rebuild, that's what yeah. Oh, this fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Sam Carcini. God, you piece of shit. As this, as this you headline piece here. of shit. And one wonders, uh, I don't think Sam Carcini was thinking of the well, what people would infer. Yeah, you would. I I would hope not. I, I don't I know. I would hope not. Yeah, like, oh boy, I thought I thought he said the, the bad word. You no, know? like that's what that was fucking implying. I was like, well then, nope, not that's, at all. That's a change. No, he just fucking. Danny said, "I'm not afraid to use the word rebuild. I welcome the challenge or something <laughs> like that." Oh boy, well then, which is a good sign for the Flyers. It is. Yeah, absolutely. You would hope so, given the state of their roster. Yeah. Um, but. Well, you know, I think we knew this guy was a bit of a shitbag in the cartoon I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, was it was it Giroux that cursed him out or Voracek or what was it? Doing? I believe it was Voracek. Okay, yeah. Well, I don't remember exactly what he said, but yeah. we talked about it at the time. Yeah. Oh, well, shitbag does shitbag things. Yep. Shocker. Crazy. Um, you know what's insane? Yeah, what's insane? All the trades happening after the deadline. <laughs> yeah, such as? It's bugging me. Oh, is it? Well, it's not really bugging me, but you know what? Every year, there's some person who thinks they're a genius going, you know, trades can still happen after the deadline. It just means that the... Actually, I've heard people incorrectly saying it just means the player can't play in the playoffs. That's not true. It means they can't play in the NHL for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, actually, I saw people were throwing out, oh, Columbus could, like, acquire some player and just throw them in the lineup right away. That's not true. Um, so, anyway, what we're getting is a bunch of minor leaguers getting traded for future considerations to, like, help out the AHL squads of whoever you want. Um, and actually, it's possibly also... Has the AHL trade deadline passed? Because I know that's something that happens sometimes. I'll look it up. Is that, like, there'll be, like, two AHL players want to, like, swap players, but one of, the, one of them's on an NHL contract. 
So like the AHL team will trade one player for future considerations and the NHL will trade the other for future considerations. Mm, okay. So yeah, it was March 10th when the day all these trades happened basically. Okay. Yeah. So that that, expl- that explains it then. Okay. Um yeah, Does so bug you less. Yeah, well, I don't, it's not not that it bugs me. It's just like you couldn't do this before the trade deadline, like seriously. <laughs> yeah. Or just make the trade deadlines the same. Why do they have to be? Yeah, that's yeah. True. What's up with that? Yes, we got Anthony Angelo and Jace Horaluk and all these guys going from team to team for future considerations. That's right. Yeah, just clogs up the cap friendly page for no good reason. <laughs> I want to see the John Klingberg at the top of the page. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Is that a fucking Jack Dugan? Terrible. And Zachary Hayes, both of them. Yeah, Trevor Van Riemsdyk also signed a three by three contract, which blew me away. This is a bottom pairing defenseman. I don't know what they're thinking. He's 31, too. It's not like he's significantly older than I imagined. This has got to be the most expensive deal he's ever signed. I'll look it up. Yeah. Because we've been talking to Washington. Like, oh, they don't have anyone signed for next year. They bring in Sandine, who's doing crazy well in his first four games. He has eight points. They extend Nick Jensen, which I thought was quite pricey as well, like 4.05 AAV. Now Trevor Van- Now they're right side for the foreseeable future. John Carlson, Nick Jensen, Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Not a bad right side. $15 million, though, for those three. That's just too much. Um, and on, on the point of his contract, this is his most expensive contract. His current one is 950k. Yeah. Two years. The one before that, I think, was like about 2.3 mil with uh, Carolina. So, you know, his biggest contract. And, yeah, the screw around on the third pair. Why? Was there... What's the... You already yeah. have two guys. It's just... Ace clogging up the pipeline for, you know, younger guys. Not that you have many of them. Yeah, that's fair. But even then, it's just too much money that you're allocating. Yeah, like the idea, what makes the Trevor Van Riemsdyk like, first signing so smart is like, we'll take a flyer on this guy who's on the fringes, pay him, pay him you know, less than a million dollars. That's right. And then, you know, he produces or he performs above that value. Go out and find someone else who can do that too. And then, you know, you're getting similar performance for continuing the good value. Yeah. Triple salary, all of a sudden it becomes a less, you know... Appetizing asset. Absolutely. So, you know, there's something to be said about they need a defenseman, but not like this, for the love of God. Not <laughs> like this. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, do we, we haven't covered the West yet in our standings. Oh, yeah, that's true. We totally didn't we, we, at we all. We ditched them after we talked about Chuck Fletcher. Um, yeah, let's go. After we went on our little Sabres uh, <laughs> side quest. <laughs> that's right, quest uh okay well let us cover um the central why not okay you know who's surging who the minnesota wild Woo! hey look at them go uh currently two points behind the dallas stars reverse in the central same number of games they've won eight of their last 10 have yet to lose in regulation in the last 10 games and yeah they're rolling look at them go and then in the distant third but safe playoff spot because all these playoff spots are all pretty locked down it's colorado it would be great if, remember, we were talking at a certain point about how Minnesota was, like, really in danger of missing the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, I am I like that they've found their groove. And they had a really underratedly great trade, trade deadline. I think if you look at the players who went out, which is just Jordan Greenway, versus those who came in, Gustav Nyquist, Marcus Johansson, Oscar Sundquist, and John Klingberg, I mean, it's clear, you know, in is better than that one who went out. Plus, when you look at uh, the draft picks involved, in for Greenway, second and a fifth. Out for the others is like a third, a fourth, and a fifth. And they did a bunch of retention. Plus too. the yeah. retention, where they got more picks. So after the deadline, 
they got better on the roster, and they improved their draft capital, which is practically unheard of. So, <laughs> I mean, extremely impressive to be able to pull that off. And now, I mean, the results are showing on the ice. They're on track to pass Dallas, potentially, and, you know, win the division after all that. It's great. Like, it's all the more crazy when you consider this is like they have one and a half hands tied behind their back. Yes. Cap-wise. It's actually insane. Right? Like, I, I don't think we properly appreciate just how big of a fucking dent those buyouts take. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's actually absurd. Like, what is it, like $14 million or $12 million? Is it already that this year? I think so. Yeah, I think this is the first year that that the buyouts kind of hit, um, and I'm it's the reason why they went all in last year. I think. Huh? Uh, I guess you know part of the reason why they had to trade Fiala as well. Yeah. Um, I'm taking a look right now. The buyout cap hits. Um, buyout hit. Yeah, th- this year, yes, they combined for about twelve point seven million against the cap. Next year, fourteen point seven, and the year after that. So. Yeah, this is a team that's maybe about to win the entire Western Conference with almost $13 million in dead money. <laughs> that's a whole ass superstar. That's a superstar's worth of cap space. That is the highest paid player in the league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's taking, getting eaten by fucking Chuck Fletcher's acquisition. Chuck you know? Fletcher, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, very impressive. So, we talk about Bill Guerin, you know. Sure doesn't seem like it's prevented him from achieving success. Because, yeah, a bunch of smart moves. Good for him. I The Wild give good vibes. You know, much more than Dallas, I find. I like Dallas's vibe, too, I have yeah. to admit. Yeah. Um, Philip Gustafson has been a big part of their success recently. He's tearing it up, um, keeping all pucks out of the net. Um, he's actually, though, talking about cap problem. We don't need to look too far ahead to the offseason in the middle of our standings checkup. But he's an RFA at the end of the year. And it's going to... Demand a massive raise from the 787500 that he's making now. So there may be some... Well, there's money coming off the books. Dumba's coming off the books. Klingberg is, you know, he just got there. He's coming off the books as well. As well as, you know, some new arrivals. Sunquist, Ryan Reeves, Frederick Gaudreau, Marcus... Now, yeah, okay, this is kind of strange. I mean, Johansson and Sunquist just got there, so they you know there's prorated and doesn't count for that much. But Oscar Sunquist, Ryan Reeves... Frederick Goudreau and Marcus Johansson are combining for about like over six million. Hmm. Well then, oh, do they have the? Is it the prorated cap hits on that? Yeah, a few of them. Okay. Well then, that was kind of a pointless thing for me to say. <laughs> now that I think of it. <laughs> hey, six million. Nice. Some space to improve the roster. Yeah. And to resign Gustafson. Um. But yeah. And the Boldy extension will kick in as well. Oh, okay. So, how much space do they really have? Mm, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see when they, we'll cross that bridge after they win the cup this year. <laughs> but you know, what? it's nice. I like this for them. You know, like maybe the felt like the, it was impossible in this cap era to, you know, really stay in contention with twelve million dollars in dead money. I guess not. But you know, the fact that they even extended for a year, it's nice. Mm-hmm. I respect it. Yeah, and this Dallas Minnesota race for the top will have major implications because it seems as though. Loser plays Colorado in round one. Winner gets the Jets. I'd rather play Colorado. Wow. The Winnipeg is winning the cup. So oh, of course. Best to get that extra playoff experience while you can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 100%. Not disingenuous at all. <laughs> um, all right. Off to the Pacific. Still a tight race. Vegas clinging on to first place uh, ahead of Los Angeles. Um, yeah, so they have a game in hand. And they are up by one point. Uh, but it is Vegas, all told as they are. 
um, they might drop out. Uh, and then behind them is Seattle, who, you know, if they fuck around and go on a hot streak, door's still open for them to win the Pacific too, although I wouldn't bet anything on it. Yeah, and then the wild card is the Oilers there with 80 points in 67 games and a, rocking a 597 points percentage. Um, they're going to make the playoffs clearly, but people have been talking about like, uh, it's maybe th- like, you know, you're afraid of playing the Oilers in the playoffs, even though they are like worse than Seattle and the Kings, for example, because of, you know, their top guns, of course, Ekholm has been a great addition and you would think Jack Campbell won't be playing in the playoffs. That's the key thing, right? You yeah, would ima- you- That is going to be the key yeah. thing. Will the Oilers make a mind-bogglingly stupid decision regarding goaltending, as they have been known to do in the past. You never know. That I, I can't imagine how many points that's cost them in the standings. <laughs> um, the, just that one decision. Uh, but, you know, like, you get better. Like, oh, my God, he's been one of the worst goalies in the league. Uh, and then, you know, you, you flip that. They're probably up there, you know, fighting for first in the Pacific, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so because it's still pretty tight. Is it the inverse situation with Vegas and L.A.? where you'd rather finish second in that division instead of first to play the Kraken instead of the Oilers, who made round three last year. Yes, 100%. I am more scared of the Oilers than I am of the Kraken. Me too. Especially with those you know, those deadline acquisitions. They were smart. They were good. They fit. Um, not that scared of the Kraken, after, especially with what I saw this week. You know, I've got to say, yeah, Vegas may have such an easy path to round three. I'm kind of considering them as a cut pick. Yeah, you mean, as, let's see, they, they beat the Oilers... And the Kings are the Kraken. King, yeah, yeah. The Pacific is just water. Exactly. Yeah. But do you put faith in the... I don't know. They burned you before, no? Have, when have did they, I never really picked them to go no? far. Okay. Well, they burned the people who picked them. Well, I sure shit won't. That's a guarantee. I've sh- <laughs> catch me dead before I pick the goal. The Tai Seifu guarantee. Yeah, that's right. It's worth everything. It's worth so much. Yeah, and the Jets uh, hang on in that second wild card spot. I've only won three of their last ten. <laughs> Yeah. They are falling. Sliding. Uh, and closest to them is Nashville. Because Calgary has also won three of their last ten. And are six points behind the Jets with the same amount of games played. Ugh. They're not going to make it. They're done. Yeah. Done, I'm less confident in the Flames than I am in the Sabres. Mm. This is not a debate we need to have. It's just kind of a point. Okay. Um, right. Anyway, what I want to say... I'm not out on Nashville yet. <laughs> I was going to say, that was it. Um, I was going to say, I'm not out on the trading Granlin, trading Echo, and trading Jeannot, trading everyone, Nashville Predators, with Cole Smith and all these bums all around the entire lineup, John Letter and whatever team. I'm not out, all right? They won six of their last ten games, which is much better than the Jets. Yeah. If these paces continue and Nashville carries on winning six of every ten for the rest of the season and Winnipeg only three of every ten. I mean, Nashville's going to pass the Jets. <laughs> QED. <true>. Yeah, QED. <laughs> yeah. You know, who's to say, okay, well, well, anyways. But, yeah, if they win all their games in hand, they're tied. Yeah. Ah, what do you know? Just like Ottawa at a certain point yesterday. <laughs> That's right. Uh, for your eternal optimist uncle. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Calgary, the vibes are dead. The vibes are bad. There's no comeback coming here. Yeah, I'll mention something to the listeners that I mentioned to you before, which is that Daryl Sutter has been caught in a lie when he was asked why he moved Jonathan Huberdeau to the right wing, to his off wing. He said, when we called up Jacques Peltier, we wanted to put Peltier in a position to succeed on the left wing. Uh, and this is not true because Jonathan Huberdeau was moved to the right wing about a month before Jacques Peltier was called up. So Daryl Sutter uh, has been caught in a lie 
uh, and he has been proven to have no justification for his decisions, or at least not one that he was willing to publicly explain. And it seems like uh, he just wants to make Jonathan Huberto's life as miserable as possible. Uh, and uh, yeah, things are terrible in Calgary. Busted. 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 And the quote was circulating after he was fired from L.A. when Drew Daddy was like, the time was right. We needed a coaching change. <laughs> yeah. And I think we can pretty much guarantee it's the sentiment in Calgary is the same. Yeah, they don't like him. Remember, remember that bit? With, I think it was Peltier, right? It was his debut, and he had, like, a goal or some shit, and he had, like... Well, he didn't Someone asked him or something. Someone, someone asked him about it, and, he, like, he pulled up the stats. He's like, uh, who? And then he's like, yeah. oh, I read all the stats, like, 16 minutes of waste time. Yeah. He's got room to grow. But he didn't have a, a goal. He didn't do much in that first game. Basically, the question it was a layup question. I okay. was like, hey, what do you think of Jacob Peltier in his first game? Yeah. And he was like, who? And he like pulled up the sheet and he was like, he didn't even say his name. He was like, number 49, number 49, found it. And like, yeah, right off this, like, ice time, certain amount of this, certain amount of that. No points. I think he even said no points out loud. He was like, yeah, 21 years old. He's got room to grow. And and the reporter tried to help me like, but beyond the stash, he's trying to like beg the yeah. coach to like, compliment Jacob Peltier and like do anything nice and like I'm telling you look <laughs> look nice and he just yeah. no he didn't want to oh, just want to be mean and grumpy this is the guy that apparently they wanted to put you know, they moved Huberto to the wing for yeah. off wing for you know uh-huh. yeah full of shit doesn't add up yep alright remember so, yeah. remember mm-hmm. at the start of the year when you were like oh Calgary's winning the division I said no Vegas is winning the division yep. and you made fun of me yeah you know what we both might be wrong not me. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, look, the Kings are still there. Well, uh, I would be less wrong than you, so. Well, you know, it's it's, it's, a, it's a yes or a no question, isn't it? I would it? like to go back and listen to that first episode of the season when we predicted the standings. This is a bad year for me. This I is a great like to, year for you. This I would like to go back year. and listen and like yeah. really listen to what we were saying to yeah. our words and see how correct or incorrect we were. You mean how correct you were and how incorrect I was? I'm. There's no way I got it all right. Yeah. But there were, you you hit some bangers. You hit some you hit some real bangers. My I'm so proud of my Devils pick. It's good, clutch. One of my proudest moments. Seriously, it was a home run. Yeah. All right. Before we do a guess who, uh, I want to ask you. Uh, I believe I heard the March Madness bracket is dropping today. Mm, Selection Sunday. Yeah. What do you know about this? I know nothing. I you know what? Actually, this week someone asked me, "Hey, when's March Madness?" And I was like, "What? Oh, I totally forgot that was a thing." And then I looked it up. And I was like, oh, I thought like so. I thought it might have started already because mm. I have seen nothing about it. Nothing on Twitter, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Um, and then I found out that, oh, they're picking the teams t- this Sunday. So, And then I forgot about it until like five seconds ago when, cool. when you brought it up. That's all I know. Yeah, my sister uh, asked me yesterday. She's like, are you going to make a bracket? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I never do any research or anything. I just go by instinct. I run through it all. It takes about three minutes of my time. Yep. And I was just sitting there. I don't know what teams are involved or anything. I said, I think there's going to be a one seed that wins this year. Mm. Yeah. Nice. And I also think there won't be as many upsets this year. Okay. No 15 to 2 upsets. Oh, okay. There will be one 14 3 upset, though. Yeah. No 16 ones either? No, no, no. No, no, no chance. No. Guarantee. 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 All right. Oh, one 14 3. Yeah. Okay. And a one seed is going to win. Mm. We had a lot of fun with those in high school, those March Madness brackets. Yeah, they were hype. Yeah. Yeah. There was some money involved sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think this is the year I got my bracket perfect. Yeah? Yeah. Guarantee? No mistakes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you bet on it. Yep. Yeah. Sports interaction. Yep. Think you know which way it's going to go? 
Is that is that is that the is that the slogan? Yeah, so that, that all the ad reads for sports interaction, uh-huh. which I'm not doing by the way. Go think you know which way it's gonna go. Down blah 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 sports interaction blah 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 nineteen plus Ontario only. Please play responsibly. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you've seen on Sportsnet. There's a sports inter- interaction commercial that they run, and David Amber, not as a joke, at the end of the commercial says, "Anytime, anywhere, Ontario only." <laughs> Meaning not anywhere. And Immediately like, contradict himself. I know. I'm like every time I catch any of that surprise, I'm like that. There's no, that, it's insane that that made the final cut. <laughs> oh man, who let that go through in post? I know. Uh, uh, just stuck with anytime, anytime, anytime. Ontario only. I'm David Amber. That flows. Yeah. A uh, bunch of clowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. But now I'm gonna counteract that semi read by saying. Think you know which way it's going to go? Well, you don't actually because sports can be very unpredictable. So hold on to your money. That's right. And don't gamble. Lighting on the fire. Don't do it. Yeah. House always wins. <laughs> yeah. This is a sponsored anti-gambling ad. Yeah. If you want to gamble, do it independently with friends, friendly wagers. That's right. Those not, are the best. Not with some kind of big company. That's right. They're just stealing your money. Yep. Amen. Preach. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Time for guess who? Woo. All right. In honor of our dealer, dearly departed Chuck Fletcher, Chuckery Fletcher, and his <laughs> Chuckathy, <laughs> that was my favorite. and his uh, his legacy, this fucking train wreck of a roster. This is what we will be picking from. Yep, we'll be doing the Flyers today, and I was considering like players like Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson, Ryan Ellis. All three of them haven't played at all this season because of injury, and I was like, you know, should I include them on the list? But I think it. I ended up excluding them just so that I could basically accurately reflect what the roster of the Philadelphia Flyers looks like now in real life. So we've got uh, I've got three goalies on the list: Carter Hart, Felix Sandstrom, and Samuel Urson. We got seven defensemen: Provorov, Sanheim, D'Angelo, Ristolainen, York, Sealer, and Braun. And the rest are forwards: Travis Konechny, Kevin Hayes, James Van Riemsdyk, Scott Lawton, Joel Farabee, Owen Tippett. Morgan Frost, Noah Cates, Nick Delorier, Tanner Lasinski, Kiefer Bellows, Wade Allison, Brendan Lemieux, Elliot Denoyer, and Tyson Forster. How many times in that list did you think this has got to be the last name? <laughs> uh, at least five. Yeah. Um, all right. So let us randomize. I have my guy. We have to remember to uh, oh, yes. add them later. In oh, post. we do now that we're in person. Tragically. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay. I got my player as well. Me too. Do you want to do a thing where like we like leave the room? Sure. A bit convoluted, but you know what? It'll yeah. save the hassle later on. It's an investment. Yeah. All right. And I think it'll be funny as well. All, all right. right. I'm putting my mic down. I'm gonna leave the room. Okay. And I'm gonna be gone for five seconds. And you should speak quietly just in case. Okay. All right. Here I go. I'm putting my mic down. Stepping out the door. Travis Konechny. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> All right. Doors closing. My player is Nick Delorier. All right, come back in. I'm going to have to remember to edit out when my mic fell on the floor because that was probably very loud. It's Yeah. All right. 
Let's roll. I think uh, you won the last one, huh? Because uh, uh, well, in that we there were like three fucking ties in a row. Yeah, yeah, we've had yeah. So we've had three ties in a row, but I'm the most recent winner back on November 25th. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so well, we played exactly a month ago, February 12th. Makes it, sense. It seems like we started this new round way more recently than November 12th. November 25th. 20, 25th, yeah. Not really. Hmm. It's been is a while. Only, is that the only win anybody's ever had? Yeah, November 25th, I win. Tie on December 16th, Jan 15th, and Feb 12th. One zero three. Yep. So, uh, that means that uh, I guess first. Please. So, let me sort by... Why don't I sort by, sort by number? What's wrong with that? Nothing. Every... That's what I say. Well, I see like a lot of double numbers, personally. What do you mean double numbers? I don't know. Ristolina has two listed numbers and for me. Personally. Well, that's your fault. You only got one number. Okay, I'm looking at his number right now. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, is your player's number uh, 45 or less? Uh, one second. Let me just... Okay. Um, Remember to talk into your mic despite the fact you're doing your research. Yes. Thank you. Um, My player... Uh, 45 or less was the yeah. cutoff? Yes. Okay. Cool. Nice. Okay. What number is Brendan Lemieux? I know. <laughs> I can't find it. Well, uh, I guess you got a pretty bad uh Well, I have two numbers. Okay, so Well, because you just got 70. traded there, so. Yeah. Well, then. Wrist line is 70, not 55. And Lemieux doesn't have a number. All right, at least on daily faceoffs. Go on cap friendly. Because I'll just let you know. Yeah. I think you're wrong about Ristolainen. Really? According to Cap Friendly, he's number 55. According to Daily Faceoff, he's listed as number 70. That's. I think you're wrong. I think he was 70 for the Flyers last year, and he has switched to 55. Uh, okay. So, you know, this is a mess. And it's your fault. It is my fault. I should put a question clock on. Yeah. Also, you have you have Tony D'Angelo listed as Anthony D'Angelo or Tony? Tony. Okay. I have him listed as Anthony. Okay. It's his legal name. Should it be uniform in this and decide one way or the other? Sure. I don't really care. Okay, let's go with Anthony. All right, fine. Let's All go right. with Anthony. Ristolainen. So Ristolainen is listed as 55. Should have done this before we started. Ask yeah. a question. Okay, fine. Um, I'll go by last name because that's easy. Okay. Uh, does your player's last name begin with the letter H or earlier in the alphabet? Yes. Okay. Hmm. What should I ask? Let's sort. Everyone on this team has been drafted. Did you notice that? No. Mm -hmm. uh, no one drafted, and tons of Flyers draft picks. Uh, was your player drafted? In the top twenty. All right. Uh, my player was not drafted in the top twenty. All right, down to seven. Okay. Uh, but two of them are goalies, so that's good. That's cool. Okay. All right. Why is my spreadsheet not list Elliot Denway as drafted? That's unfortunate. Talking to your mic. My spreadsheet <laughs> is broken. All right. Um, hmm. That's okay. We'll, we'll work with it later. I'm down to 13. Let's split this via first name. 
All right. Does your player's first name begin with Kevin or earlier in the alphabet? No. Okay. Ooh, yikes. Seven. Maybe I will sort by age. Is your player 26 or younger? Uh, my player is... Sorry, what was the cutoff? Is your player 26 or younger? Yes. Okay, this is a very interesting group of four I've got in front of four. me. Four? Not three? No. Mm. A very interesting. Okay. Well then, in that case... Hmm. Alright. I'll go with first name again. Does your player's first name uh, begin with Noah or later in the alphabet? No. Okay, so down to three. Alright, who are your three? Kiefer Bellows, Morgan Frost, Nick Delorier. Alright, my four. We've got... Noted best player on the team, Travis Konechny. We've got noted guy you've mentioned earlier, Brennan Lemieux. We've got backup goalie, Felix Sandstrom. And third string goalie, Samuel Erson. I have no idea what to do. If I should, if I should guess one, or if I should narrow it to two. Um, you know, I'm going to guess. Is your player Brennan Lemieux? No. No! You know, I'm honestly surprised that you would take Brendan Lemire because I initially thought his number was 48, remember? And then you asked if your cutoff was 45 or lower. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have given an answer if the number was ambiguous. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> well, I know, wait, you didn't yeah. say out loud uh, you didn't know what Lemieux's number was. You just said, I don't know what Lemieux's number is, which I could have thought back to the fact that he was 48 on the Kings. Yeah. Oh, well. Fuck. It is what it is. Guess um, away. Now I have a chance to uh, win, but unfortunately, these are three irrelevant players. Um, okay. Is your player Nick Delorier? Yeah. Okay. Home run. Let's no. Go. Is yours Konechny? Yep. No. Konechny. Travis. Oh. Big T. Mm. Yeah. Was that your second guess? Yeah, it was my second guess. That's oh, why man. I just guessed it second. <laughs> well, I guess it's wise not to guess the goalies, eh? Yeah. Okay. So we say it was 55 and 22 for Lemieux and... Ah, uh, yes. Okay. It's good to know. All right. Time for another player. Okay. All right. Okay, I got mine. All right. I'll leave first this time. Sure. Let's switch it up. My player is Travis Konechny. And now I've opened the door, and Tysa is coming back into the room. And I'm putting the mic down. Don't drop it. This time. Okay. Player's Brendan Lemieux. Okay. Just need to make a minor adjustment. What are you adjusting? Uh, I wrote that there was those one guy, one guy listed as undrafted. Oh, Elliot Denoye. Yeah. Error. That would have been unfortunate. Mm -hmm. uh, Maybe okay. now that I know there's a weakness in that column, I should target it. I don't even know how you would target it. By asking questions about that category. Why? I can just pull up a page for reference. Huh? I don't know. Uh, go for it. <laughs> Do your fucking best. Um, all right. My turn uh, to go first. I will go by age. I'll go by birthday. I love a good birthday question. Birthday? Yeah. Well, like, you know, date of birth, not birthday. Mm. So, was your player born in, uh, let's say, 
March of 1997 or earlier. Yes. Okay. So he's old. There. Then younger people. Yeah. There's so many North Americans on this. All the forwards are North American. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. Because I deleted my country column. That's why. Oh, yes. Famously. Well, I'm going to use my country column. Without a doubt. And I'm going to ask, uh, is your player, or let me just count this up real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve. Is your, is your player's nationality American or Swedish? No. All right. So I'm going to delete all the Americans. And I'm going to delete the two Swedes. And there you have it. Got a bunch of Canadians and one Finn and one Russian. All right. Um, okay. Let's go with... Maybe I'll go in the... Okay, I'll go last name. This is, this, is, this is a weird split. They don't split nicely. In any respect. Okay. Um, is your, does your player's last name begin with L or earlier in the alphabet? Um, yes. So L or earlier, yes. Oh, that was a bad question. Uh-huh. Um, okay, go. All right, time to target draft, just like I plan on doing. Um, I've already... Hmm. I'm just counting something up real quick. Uh, uh, it doesn't quite work. All right, I'll just go with a classic. Was your player drafted in the top 23? Uh, no. All right. Went to late round folk. This is looking good. I like my group of six I have. I really like it. Okay. I'm going to win this round. I'm so confident. All right. If you say so. Um, okay. Was your player drafted by a team in the Eastern Conference? Yes. Okay. Um... Western Conference folk, hmm. you may leave. All right. Uh, was your player drafted in the top 50? Yes. Awesome. What does that bring you down to? Three. Three? So I have four. And a good three. Oh, yeah, who are they? My three are Travis Konechny, Carter Hart, and Morgan Frost. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, then. I am going to guess with my four. I wonder why you're going to guess with your four. Hmm? I, I wonder why you're choosing to guess. Know, no reason. I know exactly why you're choosing to guess. Why is that? Because you know that I'm about to guess your player correctly. I don't know about that. Um, is your player Scott Lawton? No. Okay. Carter Hart's a goalie. Travis Konechny, you had last round. Uh-huh. Is your player Morgan Frost? No. It's not no! Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. I don't feel bad for that one, though. Yeah. Okay. Next up. Is your player Anthony D'Angelo? No. Okay. What the fuck's up with this? Wait, so you have two left? I have two left now. I have two left. Yeah. I got Travis connecting Carter Hart. Um wait, so this is uh you guessed first this yeah, round. Yeah, I guessed right? first, yeah. Yeah, so I've got home guess advantage. Yeah. Alright. Um So you had connecting last round. Yeah. But also, I don't want to pick a goalie. I'm never picking a goalie until the end. 
Is your player Travis Konechny? No, oh, come on! <laughs> is your player Travis Konechny? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who was your other one? What? 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 My other player? Yeah. Brendan Lemieux. Oh, come who on. Is my player, which this goes back to the nationality question. You answered me wrong on the nationality. <laughs> Brendan Lemieux is a dual citizen. Oh, Brendan Lemieux is a dual. I got you. Boo. I got you. I got. That's okay, exactly what. All right, I gotta give it to you. Yeah, yeah. I win the round. Yeah, you win the round. Of course I do. Yeah, of course. Brendan Lemieux do. was born in Colorado. Oh, I know he was. See, I looked him up, and then it said Canadian. No, American-born Canadian. And then that's why I spent so long. You did you notice? I was like, I was like, oh fuck. I don't. I can't ask him about it because then he'll know who it is. He play, he play, he's played for Team USA. I guess he's technically American. And he has played for Team USA. See, so getting rid of the nationality column doesn't help you. You still got to know these things. I guess so. Yeah. That feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> Off to round three. Yeah. Unfortunate. Because Brendan Lebeau would have been a good, you know, like, winning pick. But also, I would have never won because you got Travis Connect. So, you yeah, know, that's why. In I, the end, it was, was okay. Thinking, it evened out. See, in my head, I was like, well, the player's either Connect Me or Hart. Yeah. I, I probably do think it's Carter Hart. You should have picked Carter Hart in that scenario. No, no. You think? Because no. me guessing Konechny would have discouraged you even more from picking Konechny. Um, and then I would, you know, be okay. able to easily win. Yeah. So That was a weird scenario. Weird little, little scenario. Compounded yeah. by the fact that I gave you a wrong answer. Yeah, and now yeah. we're tied. So. Now we're tied. Okay. Off to, off to the races. Off to a third randomizer. All right, gotta leave the room one last time. Okay. All right, I got my player. Do you have yeah, yours? I have mine. All right, you you can go out the first time if if you would like. We can we can do whatever. My player is Felix Sandstrom. Come on back in. Tony D'Angelo. Anthony. Final round for all the cookies. Okay, let's go. All right. Uh, I I you guess first. Have a my first question is. Hmm. Let's go. Let's target the draft column again. How many of these were Flyers draft picks? Oh, way more than half, I think. Wait. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, that's too many. All right. Uh, let's sort by... Eh, let's do first name. Why not? Uh, is your player's first name Kiefer or earlier in the alphabet? Um, yes. Down to 12. That's good. Okay. I like this one. No, we don't. Um, 2015. Was your player drafted in 2015 or earlier? My player... My player was drafted in 2015 or earlier. Okay. All right. That was a weird hesitation. I don't like it. It was a weird hesitation. It was, it was very bizarre. And maybe I'm, it was intentional. Motherfucker's trying to throw me off. Maybe I am. I know you are. Maybe I'm not. Don't lie. Maybe I really didn't know. Okay. You know, I can't know everything. Yes, you can. Nope. Go for it. All right. Uh, is your player's number 
Hmm. Is your player's number uh, 32 or less? Uh, no. All right. All right. I'm down to a decent six. Okay. I sure hope you answer this question like I want you to answer this question. <laughs> um, all right. Is your player's last name begin with L or earlier in the alphabet? No. Okay. Is that what you wanted? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I wanted. Why? Because I had a good group in the upper group. Too the... bad. Yeah. So it's P or later, I guess. Go ahead. All right. Um, hmm. Is your player... Ooh, do I want to do that? Oh, fuck. No, I don't think I do. This is brutal. Uh, there are two players who are kind of notable that I want to split up. Uh, and it's tough to allow for that. Uh, oh, Aaron, I'll do another number question. Is your player's number 77 or higher? Um, let's see. Oh, I'm leaning towards one particular uh, response. Yes. Yes. 77 or higher. That is very good. Okay. All right. I've got, I've got my final three. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see how we should split this. We'll go by number. Do we want to go by number? No, we don't want to go by number. We will go by draft pick. Yeah, that's good. Was your player drafted in the top 10? No. No, not in the top 10. Mm. Okay. My final three. We got Joel Farabee. Anthony D'Angelo and goalie Carter Hart back here again. Is your player Joel Farabee? No. SMH. Yeah. This is rough. All right. I have uh, goalie Felix Sandstrom, Travis Sanheim, Nick Sealer. Oh, boy. Interesting. Someone sure sticks out as sucking way more than the others. <laughs> but then again, well, you know, being a skater, that sucks more. Um,. Fuck. This is terrible. <laughs> is your player Travis Sanheim? No. Fuck. Oh, that's awful. Is your player Anthony D'Angelo? Yeah, it's Anthony Let's D'Angelo. go! Is your player Nick Sealer? Nope. I hate you. I got Felix Sandstrom. Oh, Woo! no. Oh, disaster. That would do nothing. A win for me. Oh, boy. Oh, this is great. Of course he got fucking Felix Sandstrom. What a disaster. Your winless streak continues. Man, I'm going to win this round. This whole series. It's true. Thank you, Chuck Fletcher. For assembling such a god-awful team, which I won about. Any final thoughts? Maybe I should have picked him. Huh? Maybe I should Wait, if I had picked Sealer, if I had picked Sancho, I would have won. Uh, tied? Would have tied? At that point, yeah. yeah. Maybe I should have, huh? Well, obviously now. Uh, you idiot. Big clown. You know, I contemplated it for a second. I really did. Hmm. I, I believe really you. Did think of Felix Sandstrom. I was like, you know what? Maybe, the, maybe, maybe there's a cruel twist of fate. Okay. Breaking news, please. Philip DiGiuseppe, two-year extension. Oh, because he scored that. He had that great chance at the end of the bank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two-way, seven hundred seventy-five k in the NHL and five hundred k in the minors. Sure, man. That's fine. Way to go, Jim Rutherford, Patrick the bag. I'm talking about Philip DiGiuseppe. Oh, way to go, DiGiuseppe. Yeah. Good job. Two-year contract. All right. What team do we want to talk about this week? What teams in a playoff spot uh, have we not watched? Because as we approach the playoffs, I think we should get to know those teams a little better. 
Yep. Um, so, in the Atlantic, let's see. We have not watched Toronto since 2021. Okay. So that's an option. All the other ones are, are spoken for. Uh, mm. Let's see. We've watched Pittsburgh. We haven't watched. Uh, we watched New Jersey this season. Watched Carolina this season. We haven't watched the Rangers ever. Um, oh, yeah. We were going to do them a couple weeks ago. We did. And they had a bad schedule. They'd, so let's can look into that. Yeah. Let, let me. That's the, the only. The other only teams that we've never done. Have we covered a Montreal week? Because I don't have one listed. But Last year at the end of the season, we did. Okay. All right, I guess I just forgot to put it in. But other teams, Chicago, Detroit, San Jose, Philadelphia. I think we can understand why <laughs> we didn't watch any of those teams. Okay. But New York sticks out. So, yes, the Rangers, uh, they're playing Pittsburgh right now as we speak. And then the rest of the week, Washington Tuesday, Pittsburgh Thursday, and Pittsburgh on Saturday. What? Wait, Pittsburgh three times in seven days? Indeed they are. Okay. Um, and then Nashville on that Sunday as well. It's a busy time, but we'd be recording before that. So. Yeah. Assuming we don't count this current day. This is almost a Penguins week if we do it the Rangers. It literally is. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so let's, I, let's, we, do the, let's watch the Rangers this week. Watch them week. against Washington once and Pittsburgh twice. Yeah. We count this game. This is, this is like three Penguins games. And yeah. I know we're not going to watch them, but even so. And we just watched the Penguins last month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, right. Yeah, so Pittsburgh this week. They're playing the Rangers right now. And then Montreal Rangers Rangers. There you have it. All right. I'm going to put that in. March 19th. New York Rangers week. Woo! Fun. I'm going to hate every single fucking minute. Right now they're tied 1-1. Okay. Picard Raquel scored, assisted by Crosby and Malkin on the power play. Hmm. And guess who got the goal for the Rangers? Artemi Panarin. No. Alexi Lafreniere. No. Capo Caco. No. Vlad Tarasenko. No. Patrick Kane. No. Uh, Mika Zibanejad. Barkley Gaudreau. I, I, you know, that was going to be my... Two guesses from that. Chris Kreider <laughs> and then Barkley Goodrow. Uh, assisted yeah. by Jimmy Vc and Tyler Mott. Okay. Love to see it. Mm, depth. Any final thoughts? No, nothing. I'm empty. All right. Thanks for listening. Follow Fusion and Hockey Podcast on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, get ready for final push to the playoffs. Springtime is here. Playoffs are in the air. And all that fun stuff. The end. <laughs> <laughs>